So, folks, we have Troy Hollowchuck. Comes in 6'3", 220 pounds, out of St. Catharines, Ontario. Selected fourth round, 58th overall in the 2019 NLL Draft. He's an all-around stud. Knows what he does. Superstar player. Superstar player and academic Troy, please introduce yourself. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, my name is Troy Holichuk. Um, I go to school here at UW. Uh, I'm in my third year of actuarial science in the faculty of math. Um, I think a little bit more relevant to this podcast, I play professional lacrosse. Um, you know, uh, as you mentioned, I was taken in 2019, fourth round to the uh, Toronto Rock. So, you know, dream come true there. Got to play uh, a little bit before COVID hit, but got to play uh, on their practice roster for for the better part of the season. So, um, you know, great experience there. We can get into that. Uh, grew up playing lacrosse in St. Catharines, Ontario. It's uh, where I was born and raised. Started playing lacrosse very, very early uh, at the age of four. Uh, it was the second sport I ever got into. I, I played yeah. soccer at the age of three and... Uh, <laughs> Wasn't for me, but <laughs> so what I said. He's sick. I, I, I hope y'all caught that. My man said lacrosse is my second sport I got into at four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played one year of soccer, and uh, yeah, decided, like I said, decided it wasn't for me. Uh, so I started playing lacrosse. Uh, I originally played out. I, I was not a goalie for my very first year. Uh, by the age of five, I decided that I didn't like getting hit. Uh, so I decided to play goalie yeah. and, uh, you know, it's kind of the rest is history, uh, you know, 14 years later, get drafted into the pros. So, uh, pretty long journey. A lot of it playing for St. Catharines, uh, one year playing, uh, for the six nations arrows in junior a, and that's where I, uh, still currently play junior, uh, once, you know, COVID settles down a little bit and we can get back on the floor. That's where I'll be playing junior and, uh, you know, still playing pro for Toronto. So I like how you just kind of glossed over 14 years. Like, yeah, you know, that's five. <laughs> didn't want to get hit no more. And now I'm a pro. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's uh, let's unpack that again. So, okay. Sure. So you're in St. Catharines, right? Yep. So you, you realize at five, which is good. And like, I'm I'm glad you realize at five, you don't want to get hit no more. And you're like, All right, let, me, let me let me just change this up. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad you, you got into that. So, I mean, what is it like playing you know, first, I'm assuming, it, again, so just correct me here. I'm assuming, you know, you just get into it, probably like rec leagues and then, you know, rep leagues and travel teams. Like, what does that look like, you know, starting at five? And then you get on this trajectory because let's let's be honest. I mean, in 15 years, going from, you know, I don't want to get hit anymore. Let me start this sport to being drafted as, and I don't want folks to remember this, as a professional athlete is massive. Okay. <laughs> Like how and I'm like how how do that like how do you do that like what did you do at five six seven eight nine ten like what does that look like? <laughs> yeah, so my uh, my journey I started uh, you know four or five you start in kind of like a house league like a rec league, um, you know kind of getting to know the sport and it's 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 very much like any other uh, super young sport where it's you know see ball chase ball uh, try to do what the coaches are telling you to do. Um, I started playing rep right away as soon as I could uh, in Tyke. So the 
the model of how uh, rep lacrosse works is very, very similar to hockey, where you have, you know, Tyke, Novice, Pee Wee. Um, they're two year kind of age groups where you play, okay. you play two years in a certain age group, you move up to the next one. Um, so yeah, I played Tyke, Novice in St. Catharines. I played rep um, in Novice. So when I was, I would have been like 10 years old, I got a chance to go to this camp that was run by um, the coaches of Team Ontario. So Team Ontario is sort of like this all-star um, team that that plays in the national championship. Uh, they have teams at the Peewee, Bantam, and Midget age. Uh, and so at, at, at 10 years old and novice, I went to this camp that was kind of like a recruiting camp, more or less, um, for kids that are coming up into Peewee and finally get their first chance to try, to try out for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that, you know, this, this might be possible. I felt, I mm-hmm. felt pretty good, um, you know, about trying out. So I went out, uh, every year for team Ontario. I, I made my first nationals appearance at, uh, the age of 12. So in my second year of Peewee, um, I then went on to play, uh, three more times. I played, uh, my second year in Bantam and both years in midget, um, mm-hmm. as goalies. So I, uh, Got the amazing chance to play with a lot of a lot of very very talented players from a young age, um, and kind of measure myself up against them. Uh, it's definitely something that was huge in my development to be able to play against the best. Um, and playing against the best across the country, we you know, in a, in lacrosse the powerhouses are Ontario, BC, um, Alberta's up there, and of course um, the Iroquois team, so the native, right. the Indigenous team. Right. Um, those are kind of the four powerhouses of of the national uh, scene in especially in box lacrosse. Um, and so, you know, getting to getting to play against them and, and have, you know, some amazing coaches along the way. Uh, Sean Williams, Chris Driscoll, just to name a couple of that might not mean much to non lacrosse people. But to, no, uh, we'll shout them out. We'll shout them out. How, yeah, how can yeah. they get a hold of them? Just just shout them out. You begin their names. Like what, what's their handles, man? How they can they get a hold of them online? Because, you know, you never know who's going to listen to this, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I believe they both have, um, you know, Twitter and Instagram. I, I don't have their handles off off the top of my head, but, um, you know, searching them up on social media, I'm sure you can get a hold of them there. Some some excellent coaches that I've had through sure. the years, specifically for Team Ontario, Troy Cordingly, I, or sorry, not Troy Cordingly, uh, Troy Carvello, Tony Carvello. Troy Cordingly is also an amazing coach, but um, I'd be amiss if I didn't uh, throw his name out there. He was my first Team Ontario coach, so... But um, yeah, through this development, through uh, Team Ontario, uh, I got a chance to play with a lot of great players. And, um, you know, I, I started taking lacrosse more seriously once I once I hit kind of 11, 12. I quit hockey uh, to focus on no, lacrosse year-round. No, don't say that. I Come did. on, Troy. You know, just as I was getting to, to peewee age, I, I decided to hang it up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That's an inside joke, folks. That's an inside joke. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I kind of hung up the skates at, at, I think it was 12 when I hung it up to, to focus on lacrosse. So I started playing lacrosse year round. Um, and yeah, that's sort of, sort of the story of how I, I developed a lot. Um, I got into junior lacrosse. So I, I, you know, graduated from minor lacrosse. You start playing junior lacrosse, same time as hockey when you're uh, 16, I believe. Um, played one year with the St. Catharines Junior B Spartans. Uh, had a great year there. We Team wasn't uh, underperformed a little bit, but uh, it was a great development year in Junior B. Uh, went up to play for the uh, Junior A team in St. Catharines, the Athletics. Spent a year there and then uh, 
got traded in the offseason to the Six Nations Arrows, uh, where I currently play. And so um, had a good year there. We made the playoffs, but didn't uh, didn't quite perform where we wanted to. We actually lost in the first round to St. Catharines, which was uh, a tough pill to swallow. But um, yeah, that's kind of the journey there. Um, and then, you know, come uh, 2019, uh, I decided to put my name into the NLL entry draft. So the National Lacrosse League is the uh, professional indoor league in North America. Uh, decided to put my name in the draft. A lot of guys wait until they're out of uh, university or college to do so because you lose your NCAA eligibility. But me personally, obviously, I go to Waterloo, so I had no interest in in pursuing any NCAA uh, eligibility. So I put my name in and, and was lucky enough to get drafted uh, by the Toronto Rock in the fourth round. So that was uh, as surreal as it sounds, dream come true. I got to, you know, spend the time, spend the moment with my family, which was which was fantastic. So that's kind of my uh, journey in a nutshell. Yeah, I like how you say luck, but I mean, you just in that little brief <laughs> moment there, it, it seemed like you you put the work in and to, to get into that space. So I think it's, it's fantastic. And one thing I kind of want to cycle back on, it's this trade. So you're playing, you're playing, you're playing, and then you're traded to the Six Nation Arrows. And I'm sitting here, you know what? Um, I don't think you've ever openly said this, but I'm coding you as a white man. Like I don't know, how do you identify, Troy? Yeah, I identify as a as a white male. Yeah, so I, so you're a white male, and you get traded to the Six Nations Arrows. Hmm. What was that like? Like, what was so you you get traded? Because I, I mean, from what you explained there, my assumption is like you were people knew you, right? Like you're a really really good player. And then you're in this environment, you know, in the First Nation, Six Nations Arrows. Was it different? Was the game the same? How people interacted with you was it the same? Like, what what did that feel? What did that look and feel like? Yeah, you know what? Um, it's a pretty unique perspective. So St. Catharines, for anyone that knows uh, Southern Ontario lacrosse, St. Catharines and Six Nations have a rivalry that... Uh, spans a very very long time and it's a it's a pretty heated rivalry and so um you know walking Wait, hold into on. that so you got traded from the Leafs to the Habs pretty more much. or less yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> well this less. is interesting let's hear this um yeah so you know walking in uh walking into that dressing room the first time was a little uh, a little intimidating just knowing that you know you spent your entire life playing against these guys and suddenly uh suddenly you're on a team with them but um you know what? It was it was an amazing amazing experience. Um, I never felt it. it would, the makeup of the team was different than I'm used to. St. Catharines, uh, you know, we had primarily white players. That's just kind of the demographic um, around that area, and so we right. really didn't have um, a lot of diversity on our team. We had a little bit of diversity here and there, but really, you know, a, a primarily white makeup of a team. Right. And so, um, you know, walking into a dressing room where in Six Nations, where you have um, a lot of Indigenous players that grew up playing in Six Nations, and you also have a lot of players like myself. I think, you know, about a third of the team was guys like myself who had been traded to Six Nations. Six Nations brings in a lot of players. Uh, they have a very prestigious uh, reputation, especially in Junior A. Um, they've okay. won a lot of Minto Cups, the Minto Cup being the national championship uh, for Junior A lacrosse uh, in Canada. And so, you know, you had a, a, a number of guys like myself, um, specifically, you know, white players like myself walking into this dressing room. And so, um, you know, 
you never feel like there's a divide in the dressing room. And I never felt that way, which was nice. You know, uh, players were very accepting because at the end of the day, we're all playing the same game. Um, of course. Yeah. You can you can put, you know, visual aspects kind of aside to to play this game. Um, especially, you know, a game like lacrosse, the, the creator's game, the, the medicine game. There's a lot of history of, you know, what this game means to people, especially um, indigenous players. And so, you know, forming and gelling as a team I didn't think was ever a problem we had a very talented team like I said we kind of underperformed but um it definitely gave me a unique perspective into um you know what the game means to people outside of competition um I walk into the the locker room in Six Nations in the uh the famous Iroquois lacrosse arena the ILA um and you know all over the walls you have you have various uh quotes and various sayings um, about, you know, the medicine game and how it heals and, you know, why we play and, and what we play for. And, um, you know, that's different than a lot of teams. I never saw that in St. Catharines. It was, it was always just kind of, you know, you're playing for the next win. You're playing for the next True. championship. True. And lacrosse in Six Nations is, is a whole lot more than that. You see that, you know, every game. Um, you especially see that on the home opener. So the home opener for Six Nations the Six Nations Arrows every year is on uh, Bread and Cheese Day, which, if you don't know, uh, is celebrated in Six Nations on Victoria Day. Bread and and um, it is a celebration of uh, Queen Victoria after uh, the War of 1812. Uh, the, you know, nations uh, that make up the Six Nations of the Grand River um, mm. fought alongside the British against the Americans. Right. And Queen Victoria, uh, it kind of in return, decided to present them each year with a gift of blankets. Mm. Um, when that became too costly, it became a gift of bread and cheese every year. Mm. And so um, Bread and Cheese Day is a celebration uh, in Six Nations of of that gift being exchanged. And so, um, you know, the home opener, I've, I've never played in front of a crowd that was quite like that. It was, yeah. um, it was you know, there was something different about it. It was... It was a community coming together to celebrate to celebrate this game, and you know, unfortunately, the game I played in, we lost uh, a tight one to Toronto or uh, sure. St. Catharines, I should say. Come on, um, Come on. I know Can't it was a tough it was a tough game, but um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just it, it, there's a different feel about it in Six Nations, and and you know, it's something I've grown to appreciate, and it's something that I think is is really important for all people that play that play lacrosse to kind of understand that this game is a lot more than a game. Uh, in its history and in its, uh, you know, ability to heal and its and its origin story. And that's a big piece that I, I'm really glad you brought up of the impact and importance of sport beyond the game, right? Just beyond playing, you know, box lacrosse is bigger than that. And for you at your time, and as you said, you still play, you know, in this space, do you find that has shifted your understanding, not just of of sport, but of life, possibly, maybe? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think that I think that it has. I think, you know, it, it's taught me to look beyond the surface a little bit in a lot of things um, and not just kind of take things at face value. You know, you I, I grow up playing this sport and I play it because I love it. I fell in love with it when I was, you know, four or five years old. I never fell out of love with it. It was always something that, um, you know, brought a lot of happiness, brought a lot of 
good to my life. I, you know, it's brought on so many friendships and so many um, opportunities in my life that, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful to the game and what it's given me. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a shared view among players of this game and you, and you look at the history of it and you look what it stands for, especially in indigenous culture. And you realize right. that, you know, this is, this is not a feeling that I'm just feeling. This is a feeling that has been around since the origins of the game where right. this game can heal. And this game, this game means a lot more than, than just the spirit of competition. And I'm sitting there thinking and listening to you speak. And I'm like, man, it can, can I pull someone who plays, you know, pro baseball to, to say, well, you know what, the feeling, the meaning that it means to a community or basketball or American football. And, you know, we might be really hard pressed to to get into that, that not just a culture shift or a lens shift, but an, a holistic tie to communities, plural of nations, plural of histories and everything. And I think that's a, a really fantastic thing. And I mean, for you, is this something that you think should be exposed more to a broader non-Indigenous community? Is this something that should be shared? Or how, how do we, I don't want to say market it. I, I hate that term because we're looking at the consumerism of a capitalist society. But how do we really share this understanding of the creator's game? What can we do? Yeah, I think, you know, um, lacrosse, uh, like certain lacrosse uh, companies and players that that play the game do an amazing job of this. The Thompson brothers comes to mind. Uh, you know, these are three brothers that are, uh, you know, top of the field lacrosse players. They're absolutely unbelievable. And they um, have made a living off of sharing the story of lacrosse and teaching lacrosse and, you know, selling lacrosse gear. And so I supporting um Lacrosse companies like that is super important. ILA Sports is another one um, that works right out of the arena that the Six Nations Arrows play in. Um, a great, you know, indigenous-run uh, lacrosse store that that sells, and not just lacrosse store, but sports store that sells um, a lot of great gear. But you know, lacrosse is a sport that's it's the fastest-growing sport in North America um, oh. by the by the numbers in the last uh, you know decade or so. Oh. Um, and I think it's important that while this sport is in its growing nature to make uh, the history of it, you know, sort of at the forefront. I think right. the, the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse League, which is a new uh, outdoor professional lacrosse league as of a couple of years ago, um, does a really good job at, at exploring the history and, and kind of making it consumable to the, to the non-lacrosse person. I think, you know, um, to have a few, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. To, yeah. um, I think they do a good job of of exploring that that sort of culture of it and that side of it. Um, you look at you know this year or this past year when the PLL ran, the MVP uh, was a player named Zed Williams, and uh, he went up to accept his MVP award and he never let go of his lacrosse stick once. Oh wow! And that's just you know a really important thing to explore where you know that lacrosse stick probably means more to him than anything else that he owns because of his connection to the game and and wow. you know he's he is an indigenous player and so his right. connection to the roots of what that lacrosse stick means and what and what um you know what's what's connected to that and so i think you know a lot of leagues do a really good job of of kind of putting the history to the forefront and saying you know this is a game that was um gifted to indigenous nations by the creator um 
and you know it was then adapted by by settlers and the game has changed a lot you look right. at i play box lacrosse personally which you know is unrecognizable compared to the original game right uh and so you know it's important to a um to a non-lacrosse perspective and to you know a lot of lacrosse players to explore this history and and mm. kind of know where it came from so that um we know what we need to kind of value when we move forward and I mean, I'm sitting here just like eyes wide open and I'm like, wow, I mean, I'm I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but I'm like, yo, this this guy is just like next level worldly understanding the world beyond, you know, the typical quote unquote university student. And I'm sitting here like knowing you're a student in my class, right, knowing you're a professional athlete. Knowing what you know about the creator's game and what it means to indigenous peoples, what it means to you know, the histories and the culture of, of individuals and of communities and families, how do you balance the work that you're doing in university? You can tell the program you're in, too, because this is, no, this is a no-joke program as well. <laughs> you're a pro athlete, and on top of that, we're recording this on, what, March 12, 2021, in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so i mean how how do you do that how are you a top well at the top of your sport you know training playing focus you know the holistic nature of being a pro athlete succeeding in school and still maintaining the the original focus of the creators game look i, I this is honestly i really <laughs> want to know like how do you do all this seriously yeah so lacrosse is a pretty unique sport in that um you know, it doesn't it doesn't pay as a full time job. And so every professional lacrosse player, whether you play box or field, the field game is is evolving a little bit to allow, um, you know, more full time players. But uh, the box game specifically, every every professional box lacrosse player has a second job. And so um, the 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 way that the league is kind of shaped is to allow um, people to work their second job wherever that may be. Um, oh, OK. You know, I my case is a little unique. I don't know too many uh, professional lacrosse players that are also studying math. Yeah, <laughs> I can think yeah, of. Please, please explain your program. Please explain yeah. your actual and what a week look like looks like in your program. Please explain that. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my program is actuarial science. So I'm studying uh, to become an actuary. Uh, actuaries deal in uh, different types of insurance, uh, doing all the math behind that. And so, you know, my program is very stats and finance heavy. I do a lot of uh, a lot of exams, a lot of quizzes, a lot of tests. You know, this week, this week I had, a, you know, a midterm, a couple quizzes, an assignment. So it's it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty heavy course load, I think, uh, especially you understatement know, at, of the year. OK, That's <laughs> literally the understatement of the year. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, it's just it, I, I give you the interview answer of it just comes down to, to scheduling and time management. But really, it's just, you know, lacrosse is a kind of sport that allows for for people to have a life outside of the game. Unlike, you know, you, you look at hockey, like professional hockey players, professional baseball players, especially you look at the length of their season. You know, they are baseball players and that is what they are. Um, you look at lacrosse players and they're all lacrosse players, but they're also you know, you see a lot of firemen, you see a lot of um, people that work in business. And so um, 
I'm lucky to play a sport that allows for that uh, type of flexibility. I'm able to get a uh, an excellent education here at UW um, and also pursue, you know, professional sports uh, in the in the line of of lacrosse. And so um, that's kind of how I do it. It's a lot of it's a lot of uh, squeezing practices into into school schedules and vice versa. But, um, you know, it's all it's all worth it in the end. Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to boost your sport for a second. I'm not going to let you undermine a sport because I'm <laughs> sitting here. I'm like, I hope you all noticed that my man said at five years old, I'm going to calculate the risk of no longer getting hurt. And, and now you're an actu- you're going to be an actuary. You're like, hmm, I'm going to calculate the risk. So there you go. I, I see that, you know, you have your mind, <laughs> your eye on the prize. And look, at the end of the day, you're still a pro player. You know what I'm saying? You still play a pro sport. So what does a, a day look like in the life of Troy? So say you're in the middle of the season and you're training and you're still in school. Like, what does that look like? Do you wake up at two o'clock in the morning and, you know, <laughs> eat four raw eggs like Rocky? Like, what, what do you do? And then you go practice and then you study and then you go to class. Like, what does that look like? I am an early riser. I wouldn't I, I'd say two o'clock is a little uh, little ambitious, but <laughs> um <laughs> Definitely an early riser. Uh, I I go back to, you know, when I was playing, um, when I was playing for the Rock, uh, or I practice player, but still, you know, I travel to all the home games, uh, most of the away games and all the practices. So, you know, a typical, a typical day I was, I was at the time on a co-op. So, you know, I worked my, I was working in Toronto, worked my nine to five in Toronto, come home, uh, jet off to practice. We practice, uh, once a week, uh, if we have a home game, we do a shoot around the morning of. Um, and so, you know, those are the times that we're practicing. Uh, like I said, lacrosse is kind of based around the idea that everyone has a, a second job. And so, you know, um, teams that have a lot of guys living in market, like in Toronto, we have a lot of Canadian players and specifically a lot of players in Southern Ontario. Um, and so we're able to practice uh, once a week outside of our usual you know, shoot around and stuff. Teams like, uh, you know, Colorado and teams like San Diego that mm-hmm. still have a lot of Canadian players because, you know, the, the the league is is a lot of Canadian players. Um, it's starting to to level out a little bit, but a, a vast or a, at least a majority of players are coming from Canada. Those teams oh, wow. tend to fly their players in a day before the game, have a practice that night, have a shoot around, and then they play, and then they fly out the next day. So. Wait, hold on, hold on. So, time out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just scale this back here. So, for, so, A, there's a lot of Canadians, right? Yes. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, in lacrosse, box lacrosse. And a team like Colorado or San Diego would fly me from Toronto to play a game, play, and then fly me back home? Yes, exactly. Dang. Well, like, jeez, oh, all right, I'm gonna be a pro cross player. So I try to go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I got to, um, I got that experience a little bit. I got to go to the, uh, we had a game in Halifax that I got to go to, which is pretty cool. That was the one. I went to uh, Rochester, Buffalo, um, but the the coolest one definitely was Halifax. I got to fly out. So that experience was, you know, our game was on the Friday night. Usually we play on weekends, but it just so happened this one was on a Friday. So we fly out, um, you know, Thursday. Thursday evening, we have a quick practice uh, Friday morning. You know, we go back to the hotel we're staying at, kind of rest up, get back to the rink, uh, you know, long warm up. I personally uh, get undressed, head up to the rafters where I get to <laughs> I get to watch the game from um, and do that. And then, you know, uh, back to the hotel after the game, get up at, I think it was 
three o'clock, head to the head to the airport and fly back for Sunday. So um, mid season, it's a pretty chaotic life. Uh, you are, you know, working a nine to five and then or, or you know, in school for the day, uh, practicing sometimes at night. If you're not practicing, you know, I, I try to get my my training in. Um, and then weekends, you're you're either kind of going into Toronto and, and staying the weekend there playing a game or you're flying out to you know who's no who knows where and uh and playing a game there so it is a pretty a pretty chaotic lifestyle in the in the middle of the season um the summers are a little are a little more neutral although you know living in waterloo and playing for uh six nations or i was living in st Catharines and playing for six nations um you know has its commute time too but uh you know it's all it's all manageable i think you know people tend to think that um you know you can't you can't do uh elite schooling and a, and, and a high level at sport, right. you know, whether it's varsity professional, um, whatever it is, I compare, you know, professional across in schedule wise to like a varsity athlete where it's oh, like, okay. you know, it's a pretty similar schedule. You're working, uh, you know, you're doing schoolwork, you're training during the week, you have practices, you might, uh, we don't practice probably as much as a varsity team would, but because, you know, everyone would be on campus. Right. Um, everyone in the area, but, uh, you know, and then on weekends, you're, you're traveling out to play games. Of course, our travel tends to be a little farther than the average varsity yeah, team would be. Um, but you know, it's definitely doable. You look at all these student athletes that do an amazing job at, at time management. And that, that stems a lot from, um, growing up in sports and having to, you know, fit, fit tournaments and fit away games into, into a regular schedule to begin with. And so, um, it's kind of a it's kind of a learned thing uh, growing up in in high level sports that that a lot of people have to have to adjust to and a lot of people do so. And are there any tips that you can give? Because you know I, I teach a lot of students, right? You know uh, I teach a lot of varsity students, and for for some it's a shift because a you're coming from you know many of them high school and you know university load as you know is very different. And you'd have a very demanding schedule, especially your schedule, you know, other students in STEM programs. So science, technology, engineering and math, especially at the University of Waterloo, very demanding programs, basically nine to five jobs. On top of that, you still need to study and read and, and so on and so forth. Are there any tips that you've picked up, you know, that you could tell an incoming varsity student athlete? Like, look, man, I'm a pro player. I play basically all year round. And I'm in this demanding program. Are there like, you know, top three or top two tips you can give these students to be like, look, this is what I do to be able to manage my time? Yeah, I think that the two biggest things that I've I've come to know uh, when it comes to kind of balancing everything is um, you have to schedule very early. So I schedule my entire week, uh, you know, well in advance to know exactly what needs to happen when and then the biggest thing to know is that's all going to fall apart and you just have to be flexible. Um, <laughs> you know, you have to move, you have to move your training from, from yeah. AM to PM. You need to be able to, you know, I, I've spent time I, on game days. You go to the shoot around uh, in the morning, you go back to the hotel and I've worked like a nine to five between, between shoot arounds and, and games. And then you head back to the arena and you, and you do that. So um flexibility is definitely a key and and it's it's just knowing that you know the balance is going to be worth it it's it's having kind of the the end goal in mind of you know this this is going to probably suck a few days of the week because right. you know you're running here there and everywhere but 
you get the chance to have a have a great education and to uh you know play a sport at a high level like i am very 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 privileged to be in the spot that i am and have the opportunities that i that i do and so i i definitely try to make as much as much out of it as i can and so what's next for you then i mean you're you're you know the top of your sport and look i don't i i hope folks understand that we could talk about, you know, balancing people out to, to work, whatnot, like, but you're at the top of your sport, like you're a pro player. So you're in that pro space there. You're getting a fantastic degree from the University of Waterloo. If you're to look in the, the crystal ball of life, you know, what, what's, who is Troy in, what are we, 2021? Who is Troy in 2035 or 2040? Like, who's Troy? <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, lacrosse, has always been a huge part of my life is going to always be a huge part of my life so i'm going to play professional lacrosse as long as i can do whatever i can and not um you know training for the upcoming season looking to compete for for a spot um you know as a backup somewhere um hopefully toronto um you know but i'm 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 looking to to advance my career soon and and you know um once i get to the age where i decide to hang it up i i you know coaching is definitely something that I want to pursue. Um, in terms of school, you know, I, I have a couple of years left in my degree. So um, entering the workforce, hopefully um, pursuing actuarial designation, which is a lot of exams that I will have to write once I'm out of school. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. I, I, I'm looking to, um, you know, have lacrosse be as big a part of my life as I can. It's given so much to me. So I, I definitely want to give back to it um, through coaching and through volunteering and, you know, whatever I can do. So that's always been a big part of my, my plan is, is to, uh, to advance lacrosse as far as I can and then give back when I, when I decide that uh, playing is no longer uh, an option. When you're my age and everything hurts when you wake up in the morning <laughs> and you gotta, you literally have a percussion hammer next to your bed and you know you got to roll out just to get out of your bed but hey man it's worth it trust me <laughs> Troy, don't forget to send me i'm being serious now please send me a signed jersey um, yeah we'll do yeah I... seriously man like I'm, I'm let's pretend that you're not my student now because that might seem like some weird thing like tell him send my <laughs> student my prof signed jersey and i got a 99 percent in the class so yeah i still know because I, I see all jokes aside, just seeing your work ethic in this class and, you know, seeing where you're at, you know, the top of your sport and just hearing a little bit about your story. Like you're going places, man, honestly. So I, I want that sign, that sign Troy Jersey, homie. I want that. Thank you very much. I appreciate those kind words. No, no problem. So big thing that you're talking about, you know, you want to give back, you know, coaching, volunteering. So, you know, what kind of things are you doing right now at the University of Waterloo? Because I have a little birdie told me that, you know, you're pushing a, a really cool initiative at Waterloo. Yes, I appreciate the intro to that, too. Uh yeah, so we, um, myself and a couple, uh, you know, great, great lacrosse minds, uh, Ali Calhoun, uh, Sophie Stupalo, uh, we are in charge of the UW Lacrosse Club. So uh, the UW Lacrosse Club was started a couple years ago by Sophie. Uh, she started it as a women's lacrosse club. Um, we didn't get into it much, but the men's and women's game is very different uh, in lacrosse. It's, it's, hard to compare uh, sports with the the women's uh, being a non-contact sport played in the field. And then you have men's field and men's box. You have a women's box that's making a bit of a rise, um, but they're very different sports, but it, I digress. Um, 
it was started as a women's lacrosse club uh, here at Waterloo, gained some traction uh, through a couple years. And uh, through actually this class, which I'm very grateful for, I got in touch with uh, Sophie and Ali, who were running the club at the time, and said, you know, hey, um, I hear you're trying to make this club co-ed. I'd love to hop on as an executive. And so um, I have now uh, become one of the vice presidents. Ali's vice president and Sophie is the president of the UW Lacrosse Club. So we are running practices twice a week now, um, all COVID safe. Uh, we are following all protocols. And we want to make the club as equitable as possible. So you have, you need no experience, you need no equipment, you just need uh, a a positive attitude towards learning some new skills. Um, yeah, we run practices twice a week. Uh, any Waterloo student can sign up. Uh, all the mem or the all the uh, information for all that can be found uh, at our Instagram at UW Warriors Lacrosse. Uh, you can, you know, DM myself or any of the executives. Um, I'll have, you know, uh, my Instagram handle personally, I believe is uh, Troy.holo29. Um, but yeah, so the, the idea of this club is we want to take people of any lacrosse experience, whether you're, you know, you're a seasoned lacrosse vet, you are someone who has never heard of the sport and wants to learn, you're somebody in the middle that's, you know, played every now and then and, and wants to get into it. We want to make this club accessible to everybody. And so, you know, we've we've partnered and, and got brought in some equipment so that people don't have to have their own equipment. We've we've, you know, made the club so that uh, anyone can join and anyone can enjoy it. And so, you know, we hope to grow the club uh, over the next little bit, you know, maybe we eventually turn it into a varsity team if we have enough interest. Uh, that's kind of the end goal. And so um, it's a great initiative. I'm, I'm super happy to be a part of it, to be able to to start up lacrosse in a, in a space that didn't have a lot of uh, lacrosse to begin with. And, uh, you know, anytime you can do that, it's definitely pretty, uh, pretty special. Yeah, and I'm sitting here like, can profs be on the varsity team but you can uh <laughs> you can definitely come out to practice we'd love to see you there hey I, i'm going there i'm gonna tell as i said man it's it online i'm like i'm gonna show y'all <laughs> 21st century athletes what a 20th century athlete can do you know <laughs> put on my chucks and uh, <laughs> and my goggles yeah. and I'm <laughs> but I, I seriously i want folks to to understand like you know we have Troy, who is again, I, I need to reiterate this, and, and Troy, your, your humility is fantastic, but like you're a pro player. Like think about, you know, you're trying to start a basketball club on campus, and you got an NBA player. Like yeah, you know, I want, I want to start this out. I want to help everybody out. Like this, this is what Troy is. And Ali's fantastic. You know, Ali, we had our podcast with Ali. You know, a former student of mine as well. So I really want folks to to take this opportunity to learn from the best and what they're doing. You know, and I'm saying this genuinely is that they. Troy, you know, Sophie, Ali, like they genuinely care about the creator's game. They're coming in. It's not about exploiting the game. It's about teaching folks what it's about and their love for the game. So I really want folks to understand like this. This is something that take advantage of it. You know what I mean? You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out there. Like I said, I'm going to put on the Bengay and, you know, some icy hot and make sure. <laughs> Make sure things still work and you come up because I think it's fantastic, a fantastic opportunity. Troy, anything you want to add, you know, 
in this space here because when i say i'm i'm waiting for that signed jersey man like <laughs> you're, you're going places homie i'm telling you this right now when we when we were listening to this back in 10 years and we talk about covid protocols first of all we're like what the hell are those but then second of all <laughs> like yeah you know this guy's going places so yeah anything you want you want to leave off for folks to remember think about the game about the club yeah you know uh like i said lacrosse is a very fast growing sport um I recently listened to a podcast, Lacrosse Classified, one of the big uh, indoor lacrosse podcasts that you can find. Um, and they said the game, you know, the game's easy and easy to enjoy and hard to hard to market sometimes. Um, so I implore, you know, people listening, check out Box Lacrosse. It is, uh, in my opinion, obviously very biased opinion, the most exciting sport to watch. Um, you know, it's a very fast sport. A lot of a lot of great. Uh, great plays being made all the time and and so it's something that uh is super you know fun to check out and i know that everyone i've showed the game to has has come back for more and has kind of been hooked so um check out lacrosse and check it out uh if you're if you're a uw student uw faculty whatever you are um come on out to lacrosse club we welcome everybody we will teach you uh you know any skills you need to learn no matter what your skill level we're here to we're here to help and we're here to grow the game uh especially at uw uh like i said you know there wasn't a lot of lacrosse in this space so we want to grow the game as much as we can and do it kind of the right way um and so yeah uh again you can find me uh on instagram twitter you know uh whatever socials you want um i'm sure they'll be linked in the description um they sure and, will uh, be Yep. Yeah, yeah. Get a hold of me. I, I'll talk lacrosse, talk UW lacrosse club, whatever. Um, feel free to reach out there. So I uh, I really appreciate uh, being able to get on this space and talk about this and talk about my story. So Dr. Taylor, I want to thank you again for uh, for the invite. And, uh, you know, I hope that I hope that uh, we were able to, to cover some topics that you uh you wanted to touch on. Nah, this is dope, man. This is more. This is more than I expected. This is awesome. So, <laughs> uh, you know, big thing. Like, folks, check it out. Like, Troy's great. Ali's great. Soap's great. Like, they're fantastic people. And you know what? What y'all are doing it is great. And I really appreciate you know what you're doing for the sport and growing the game. So, Troy, again, thank you very much, homie. Appreciate this. That's great. Thanks a lot. <laughs>